Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, brought to you by the man Brent from Burgundy Blog, and I am merely, I am just, Hayes from Sports Channel 8. Now, I believe we don't do a lot of discussion together beforehand, Brent. I do my prep, you do your prep. Uh, I read your tweets to see what your prep is going to be, so I can guess ahead of time. Oh, so you cheat? Uh, <laughs> no wonder you. No wonder you always beat me in, in, in our in our academic debates on here. Well, what what kind of uh, fan would I be if I wasn't following Burgundy Block? I mean, I'd be an uninformed Redskins fan, right? Uh, but I am betting that you're going to be more critical of this game than I am because I'm more of a just win baby type of guy. I don't give me ugly, <laughs> but just give me give me wins. With that being said, I believe I'd have a more positive word in mind. But what is your one word to describe this Redskins victory? A 26-24 victory over San Francisco that moved them to three and two. What is it? I suspect you're right about that, Hayes, because my word is unconvincing. <laughs> unconvincing um all right i got a couple maybe excuses for the redskins and i do like an offense that put up 26 points uh maybe could have put up more in the second half and maybe even could have put up more in the first half to be honest but why do you say unconvincing as the redskins now move above 500 again so the Redskins had, of course, a bye and therefore an extra week to prepare for this game. They were yep. sitting at two and two, uh, kind of waiting to declare what their season was going to look like. And they were at home facing a team that, granted, has had some close losses and probably has been throughout the season more competitive than their record suggests. But a team 0-5 nonetheless Glad you recognize that. with a new coach. Who has to this point been unable to a re- you know really good coach seal the deal? I, I, I agree. I think he's got. I think he's got a future. So, um, you know this this was in no sense was this a must win in terms of play you know Redskins playoff viability, but this is a game that you gotta have if you're gonna try and even pretend that you're you know a legitimate threat in the in, in your division. Uh, so they had to have it. And they came out and looked exactly like they needed to in the first quarter, at least, and jumped out to that big lead. I think it was 17 nothing. Um, but I, I'm unconvinced because they, I mean, boy, they let it completely evaporate. They, they, they blew the lead in its entirety. And furthermore, in the waning minutes, I mean, they gave, they gave San Fran just too many chances to win. And, and, and for a few seconds there, looked like uh it looked like they were going in- indeed to lose. So um they they totally failed to show that killer instinct that I think is sort of, you know, would represent the next level for a team trying to ascend from like just a team to a good team, you know? So uh to to the extent that 2 weeks ago we described that Sunday night game as a good loss, I, I think, you know, if, if you're going to allow for that possibility, then then it's hard not to describe today as a bad win. Um, nope, it's a good win, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> one, any win in the NFL is a good win. Uh, as you touched on, I'm glad you cut into my argument a little bit by recognizing that it's been a much more uh, game Niners squad than their record would, would suggest. And as I'm currently watching as we record this podcast, 
as is evidenced also by the San Francisco Giants, who haven't won a game all year, have lost many players due to injury. New York Giants. New York Giants. What did I say? San Fran. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm saying the, uh, yeah, New York Giants are beating up on the Denver Broncos. Right, right. right. So okay. A win is a win, and, and sure. as you mentioned, San Francisco has been that team that that you know, if you go by all the statistics and margin and victory and stuff, are are an average team, not a terrible team, as their record would suggest. The other thing, and this has been maybe a little bit stretching a little bit, but there's a BS call aiding it all. That big that time fumble oh, call big against time, big Davis. Time, big time. And I know, you know, call, call, but late calls have more impact than early calls. And that one was big yep. in, in the comeback stuff. The I'm, other I'm thing, totally, uh, hold I'm on totally the, prepared to, to concede that, you know, on some level a win is a win. And, 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 right? and absolutely that a bad win is better than a good loss. No question. Yeah. But, sure, you, sure, know, sure, I think, sure. I think, you know, we need to, we need to define – the question itself, which, you know, if we're talking about which would you rather have, no brainer, win under any circumstances. But in terms of um, sort of like predicting, the, you know, future success, right. I was okay. more encouraged by the Sunday night loss to a, a powerhouse Chiefs team than I was by this sort of, you know, barely eking out a win against a totally, you know, wandering Sandbrand. That's fair. The only other thing I'll add, and this this actually is really kind of irrelevant and more fluky than anything, but maybe it's just sort of the state of the NFL. You you probably didn't catch as much other action as I did today, but as we saw the Redskins blow a seventeen nothing lead, mm-hmm. uh, the Falcons blew a seventeen nothing lead yeah. and lost today to the Dolphins. The 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 Saints were up, you know, like. 45 to 10 and oh. let it get to 45 38 wow. at one point yeah uh, cl- uh what was the other game whoever tampa bay played yeah they were down 24 nothing and at one point they were within one score right and i wonder if maybe there's this trend you know there's the old adage of the prevent defense prevents you from winning and the whole reason the prevent defense comes into play it's somebody doing the math of well obviously you know, we're, we recognize we'll be giving up yards in this instance, but we're basically saying we're looking at the time of the clock, we're looking at the number of plays it's going to take you to score, and we're saying the math is in our favor. We're up 14, and we're okay if it takes you five minutes to score, and we mm-hmm. get ball, like all that stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if that's almost being extrapolated now. You know, I mean, I, it's not that, especially with Washington today, I didn't specifically see anything where the game plan was dialed back or where they, you know, sat on their heels and, or anything, but I wonder if. I don't know if it's mentally or whatever. It's just tough to uh, to go full blaze. It would be interesting to know. You know, I kind of follow where you're going. I mean, it feels like if again, it were basketball, it, I'd say the refs more could be evening up the tempo of a game because I feel like that happens sometimes. They they like to bring a team that's down back with fouls and stuff like that. Not right. not conspiracy wise, just I think human nature. But I don't think you can do that as much with refs. So football. the question so, would be though: Is it more so the case now than it has been historically in the NFL? I guess so. And I I do have a hard time answering because as you alluded to. I mean, I try to – I think I, – I watch every Redskins game, and sometimes I watch it twice. I don't watch a ton of other games unless they're prime time because, you know, I got little kids, as you alluded to. So I, – I, but but I think it's important as, as someone who tries to, like, you know, have a clue with regard to whether the Redskins are bad, good, you know, in, somewhere in between, like you need context, right? So 
Uh, and I try to watch what I can, and then I see, of course, every team that the Redskins play, and then I read about who's good and who's not. And I, I wonder, though, because the Redskins just play every game super close. I mean, it seems like every game for the last three years has been, you know, uh, one or two scores, except for the occasional time when the Redskins get blown out. They, they never blow anyone else out. You know, it's either going to be a total nail-biter or the Redskins are going to get crushed. So, oh, what about, what about, is, is that, two, what about the perfect right? game like three weeks ago? Didn't they blow somebody out? The they, Raiders. Okay, all right. They blew out They blew out Oakland. All right. They, and But but we spent 10 minutes talking about how miraculous that felt. And, and, uh, like, right. and I couldn't even recognize the feeling. It was so 20% of the season so far, but that's Bingo. okay. So, you know, uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I, so sometimes I but, – but I wonder, though, I, I would like to know, you know, coming, bringing it back around – are games closer in general than they used to be? It does feel like, you know, we talk about, we've been, for years, we've been talking about parity and how the NFL, one of the cool things about the NFL is that teams can go from worst yep. to first so quickly. I don't know if, if the average game is closer than it used to be. To me, as a Redskins fan, it kind of does feel that way. This is like almost every game is close, and you're right. You know, you got 0-5 teams out there like the, the Niners and the Giants that are, you know, showing that they're they, every they, week. they yeah. actually don't suck. It's, you know, and, and, and so <laughs> in, that, in that sense, you know, uh, sure, a win is a win, I guess, but um, uh, it, you, you still need to. I, I you're, the Redskins are never going to be a convincing playoff threat or, or like a like a legitimate, possible, you know, deep contender until they show the ability to kick someone's ass. And and okay, you, they did it yeah, at Oakland, and this is why I, I was mean. so excited. I was so excited because they showed it uh, against the Raiders, but. Um, like today, it was just like you jump. They they came out and they were firing on all cylinders. They had Gruden's all of Gruden's first quarter play calls looked great. The screen game was just crushing, and it's like seventeen nothing. Bury these guys. Put up a fifty burger, and you know make people notice. But it's like no, it's like you hit the brakes. You go into half. You like you know the the defense cracks right before half. Then you in the third quarter you completely give up the lead, and and there certainly was a horrible call that played into that. Um, but then even at the very end, you know, you, you make a couple of dumb play calls and you play way too tentatively or conservatively. And if it weren't for one penalty on, on Garcon at the end, Niners are kicking a field goal to win. And we're talking about this as a catastrophic loss, <laughs> as a huge choke job at home post by to a terrible team. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm tweeting and thinking about how this is going to be like worst case scenario to lose this way. They hey, managed to pull it off. Hey, but Hey, it didn't happen. You're right. You're right. It didn't happen. They won. No, but I know what you mean. There's a lot of stuff where you can go either way. All right. I got a couple questions um, related to this game and, and you can answer these questions viewed through this game specifically, although they may be broader questions in general. One is, we're going to the binary scale, the good old binary right. scale, one or zero. The Redskins receiving core as a whole, are they a zero. one or a zero? Zero. So they're basically below average. Like on they, the yeah. season? Yeah, 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 on the season or right now, like uh, yep. how you feel about them. Yep. I, I kind of tend to think so too. I mean, they show flashes and they're booing. I, I by, think it's, it's kind of like they're a one in terms of potential, but they're a zero in terms of production. The, the the receiving game stats are always buoyed by, like they were today, the 100 yards they get out of Chris Thompson. Or, right, you you right. know what I mean? And yeah. so collectively – And Cuz's numbers accordingly looked awesome. You know, three-something and three – and but, you know, so much of that was, was on but if you stuff. if you take away running backs, exactly, like I wonder how good the receiving core looks. Um, I saw you talking specifically about should Terrell Pryor be phased out? Should the, should the top three guys be – Jackson, Grant, and uh, Crowder at, at receiver. Right. So, 
I mean, that would have sounded ridiculous uh, in in August. And, and, and I still think, I want to be clear, like I, I did say that and I feel that. However, it's not that I, I'm prepared to just, uh, you know, throw in the towel on uh, Pryor's career as a receiver. That's not the case at all. He still has, sure. has you know, enviable uh, traits and I think has potential to, to become a, a good receiver. But what you've got is now you're more than a quarter of the way through a season with a player who's new to his team and on a one-year deal who was hoping to sort of cash in, and that's not happening at all. If in that locker room or on on Gruden's whiteboard, he's determined at this point that it's not a fit or at least not an immediate fit, you have no investment in this player. And I'm not saying that you should just, you know, abandon him. But if at this point you're still feeling, you know, here we are getting to the middle of October and you're like, you know, it's still we're still a month or more away from him being like an impactful player you don't have an investment in this guy. I mean, it's a sunk cost what you've paid him for the year. And if you think he's not coming back, if Gruden is already like, he doesn't fit what I do in my version of this West Coast offense, you move him out right now and give all of his targets to Doxon, who needs more because he's actually showing that he can do something with it. And Ryan Grant, who we all have made fun of for his entire career, but the guy's making multiple big plays every game. He's scoring. He's very reliable. He's converting first downs. He's, he's reliable you know, too. Oh, he's he's super reliable, and it's he's like, very reliable. <laughs> I, I can see what you're doing here, you know. But but they need it right now because the the receiving core is a zero. Nah, I feel you. You know, I mean, he's 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 hanging on to these. You know, he's he's going across the middle and 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 catching huge important third down conversions in clutch time despite huge hits, and he's scoring. So, like, why – go ahead. Give him targets. What's what's Pryor doing? Pryor's just a guy. Pryor's right now just a tall guy who – I mean, they got him involved a little bit more today, but he's not scaring anybody. I mean, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm totally okay if Gruden says at this point it's not working out. Let's move on and then give him a shot somewhere else on a different team. I, I thought he would come in, dominate, and be a, a prime target for re-signing. But – um, you know, so far, totally not the case. No, I might be wrong. It may be that Gruden is sitting there saying, feeling like he's been super close multiple times and it actually is working. We just don't see it yet. Then fine. Keep going with it. But don't stick with it just because it was like plan A. I mean, it's just right. not working, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of frustrating when you come out of a bye week and, and some of those things have right. been changed up. You know, that's the time where if you did, if you. If you can't you see thought, him open now, you know. Right, 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 right. And, and against a, a, a beatable defense, it's, you know, when's it going to happen? Yeah. Um, next question, two-parter. And, and I'm not, uh, when I asked the first one, I'm not suggesting any answer. I'm curiously asking, is Cuz's uh, running ability underrated? I think it's or, become appropriately rated. He, okay. I mean, he has a lot of rushing touchdowns to his name. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. And so, you know, it, it's kind of he's smart I don't usually think when he runs. Yeah, it's, it's not really accurate anymore when people say that he's like surprising anybody. I mean, he does that. It's a yep. it's it, along with his uh, durability, which, it, which, oh. is, which is extremely underrated. That's part B. That was, that was part B. <laughs> Are you reading my tweets now? <laughs> yeah, I was going right, to say it a different way. But part B is it underrated his ability to take a hit, take a hit. And, and, and I mean, he hasn't missed a start or really a meaningful play in, you know, 
almost two and a half seasons now as starter. Uh, he's, he's extremely dependable in terms of availability. And then, yeah, I mean, he makes plays with his legs. He just does. And he's well, really feeling these last couple of games. He's really feeling himself. And, uh, you know, if that's going to happen, like, why can't why doesn't he deserve a bunch of credit for that? When you've got the Russell Wilson's and Dak Prescott's out there and people admitting that they're not perfect or, you know, pocket yep. passers. But, hey, they can do this with their legs. So this is what makes them so awesome. I mean, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a very important part of his game right now. Uh, I just noticed, and and he's definitely one. Um, he's pretty smart about slide versus dive. You know, he, he he's, yeah. he's never been afraid to. to Although put today his he in. did. Today he got. Um, you know, he had that. He had one first down scramble, and he didn't slide. He lowered his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, he does tend to just pop. Right. I mean, you're not when RG three was was here. It was like every play <laughs> you just assumed. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and then it's it's the absolute opposite with Cousins. I mean, he takes a shot, and I, it doesn't even really occur to me that he won't get back up because he just does. Uh, th- there was one, and I can't even remember if he completed the pass or not, but it was just that guy took like a, a lick, yep. one that you know, one that would have m- you know me just you know crying for mom, yeah, and uh, and it just seems like no thing, and, and it just makes you feel like you're probably getting an extra you know quarter of a second out of a guy that, that yeah, well, other the, people might be Vernon Davis had another huge play today, and it was on a throw where Cuz just got – I mean, he, he stood in, and he got creamed. Yeah, uh, that, it it might have been the one I'm talking great about. Great pass and a huge momentum-changing play. Um, all right. All right. Uh, question related to the defense specifically uh, as they were giving up points. Um, do, you, do you give them a pass – not a pass. Do you give them a break at all because – even though he is a backup quarterback, and and I had no idea who I still can't tell you who the the Bethard was that his Bethard, name Bobby Bethard, Bethard? Yeah, yep. I had no idea who he was. Well, Redskins uh, fans actually know who he is because he's the grandson of a guy that was a very important uh, executive for the Redskins. Bobby well, Bethard. whatever. But uh, <laughs> my question is, do you give them a break at all? Because the there was clearly no film on him, no study, no no plan for what the Niners' offense might look like with Bethard running it. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a fair point, but not a big break. If come on, come on, football about scheming, watching tape, new guy. (laughs) You may not know exactly what he does, but you know that he's the backup to a guy that sucks. I know, but there's a li- there's a little bit of that just NFL, you know, like well, whole you started, so he's your starter. You can't start a guy that has never started before. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right, it, right. doesn't mean he was better. He looked okay. I, he didn't really blow me away. I mean, he he came in and the, I mean, the, there's the no game, doubt that the game changed when he yes, came in, right? Fair, fair enough. The game completely changed around the time he came in. Was there causality? I'm not sure. He looked better than Hoyer. He gave them a spark. He did a few things, made some nice throws. He he didn't get the benefit of great. I mean, right, right when he first came in, they were dropping passes like crazy for him. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I don't know. He he looked okay. He made he made his sheer mistakes. Um, I, I certainly don't think it's like you know. No, I'm I'm really. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not giving him a huge pass. No I pass. Wasn't, no breaks. Wasn't really, you know, I'm giving him a, a bigger pass because Norman was out. Um, and, and the secondary has been so banged up. So even the guys that are playing are kind of hurt. Um, you got rookies, Fabian Moreau, a third rounder and Monte Nicholson, a fourth rounder playing a lot. You had Stefan McClure playing. He's an undrafted rookie free agent. You had a lot of guys with very little experience playing a lot. That's the pass I'm going to give them. And at the end, in fact, the, um, you know, the ridiculous touchdown in the last few minutes that never should have happened with Aldrick Robinson scoring that brought the game, you know, that made it a two-point game was a breakdown between Moreau and Nicholson. 
And it's like, you know, my feeling was like, well, that blows, but that's just going to happen. I mean, you got guys out there that don't really know what they're doing yet. So, and, and, you know, and, and Norman, you know, you just, you miss Norman. Norman's a great player. So that's the pass I'm giving them. The defense is pretty banged up, but the Beathard thing, no, I, I still think that they, it was, they, the defense overall, not a great showing. Started, started good. I mean, the 17, nothing, but they, um, they didn't, they, they didn't really close the deal very well in the second half. Um, was couple, there a couple, couple, couple timely stops for sure? Like after yeah. the Niners came back and tied it up, the Redskins went down, kicked a field goal, which I was not pleased with because they had first and goal at like the five. Yeah, I thought that was a killer red zone failure. But then the defense, you know, kept San Fran on their side of the field on the ensuing possession. And then after that, Cousins went down and scored a touchdown. So some timely stops, but you know, I wasn't thrilled with the defense today. Was there a Cuzbone, and is there a chance that the interception was not the Cuzbone, that it was actually a near interception that was not picked off? I thought about this because we, we, you know, we we established uh, previously that the Cuzbone's binary, and um, I, I, I think the answer is no. Um, well, but but can well can a near interception be a Cuzbone? I mean, it doesn't so, have to have a bad result so for it, it to be a bad, a very was, very bad, bad bad decision, bad path. Totally viable point, Hayes. You're right. It could, you know, my my initial thought immediately was that indeed it was a Cuzbone, but I, I think <laughs> me, it was me too. I think it was. It seemed like kind of. A I was like, I was laughing. Thing. I was like, Cuzbone. Yeah, like the yeah. Cus, we need a Cuzbone sounder because it was no, going no, no. I'm not, head. I'm not calling it. I'm, I'm not saying there's no Cuzbone because that was not ruled an interception. <laughs> nice. Uh, that, 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 uh, I'm saying it wasn't because I'm not clear oh. that, that was his fault. Um, wow. But okay. but it, it sure looked bad. And there's no question that his deep ball was kind of whack all game. I don't know if it's just a timing, chemistry thing because he. He is is he doesn't suck at deep balls. Last year he was, you know, according to most whatever advanced metrics, PFF kind of stuff, he was top three in deep passing last year. I mean, he's he's capable. And yeah. in today and in several games this year so far, it it hasn't looked right. And I I think it's more because he was like really in sync with Deshaun Jackson and Garcon and the new guys. They just haven't figured it out. But no question, the deep ball, I thought overall, you know, he looked pretty comfortable for most of today. And I thought, you know, in the first quarter and definitely in crunch time, he looked great. He looked he looked very effective and authoritative. Um, but his deep ball, something's weird. It's not good. Um, all right, I'm glad you said his deep ball was off because you uh, were starting to sound like a, a cuz apologist. No. No cuz bone. No, no, no. You caught him the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> um, I mean, just it's getting a little, laid on a little thick there. Uh, I, I, I laughed. I think it was during the TV broadcast. And then maybe you'll remember this, maybe not. But at one point, like the the double franchise tag is so like awkward and everybody knows it that at one point they're like, and there's Cousins, the franchise quarterback. Like, sure, if he's the franchise quarterback. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They like, don't know how to discuss it. Speaking of the <laughs> broadcast, I, I had uh, uh, the occasion to catch part of the game on a broadcast as I came back from the mountains, the beautiful mountains of North Carolina. Um, do you ever listen to the radio broadcast? Um, I mean, usually if I do, it's because I'm in the car or something. But it's right. you know the Redskins radio broadcast is often better than what's offered on TV. Well, I really I found it to be lacking, and, then, <laughs> and what it was lacking in. I'll admit any broadcast is better when you kind of get to know the guys. You know what I mean? And then right. even if they 
aren't great, you kind of start to like their idiosyncrasies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, the Panthers definitely have that. What my, the team that I hear the most were Mick Mixon, their play-by-play guys, this very cerebral guy. And then Eugene Robinson can like get excited and like, you know, totally like mix up words or just like miss see things and, you know, or, or just be like exclaiming and not describing what he's seeing or whatever. But the, I don't know, just it was kind of funny. It felt like felt like the play-by-play guy had no conversation back and forth with the other guys. He just like said the play and then just waited for other guys to fill in because I think they had four guys. Is it Larry Michael, I guess? I well, think. Well, they got Cooley in there and Sonny and um... – and yeah. Larry Michael, and I think, yeah. and then is it is it Doc Walker? Yeah, probably. I mean, and, it, sometimes Doc's on the sideline. I'm not sure. All right, and so, and like Jurgensen's, he didn't sound like an old man who was out of it, but at one point he <laughs> yeah. was like, like he didn't sound that bad. I'm not going like you know, you know, geriatrism or whatever <laughs> that would be, but ageism. But at one point, you know, he's like, uh, you know, the 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 49ers are lined up for play, and he's like, Carson's offside. He's just like, he's he's not talking to anyone else. He's just shouting he's just things that he grandpa. sees. As he's like, Carson's lined up offside. He's lined up offside, and then like he obviously wasn't. They don't call it as. Such. I think that's why it's so much better than the. <laughs> than the TV well, that, and that that's back to my point of like, if you know that your secrets is going to be like it, but it was more they like they weren't talking to each other. Uh, or, or even like you, you'd almost want the play-by-play guy to apologize for him there, uh, you know, or be like, "I, I thought he might have been too. I'm not sure what." Yeah, but anyway, he wasn't called by the ref. Right. Ref didn't see it. The, ref didn't see it the same way as our Sonny up here. You know, just something like that to connect. I don't know. But um, one I thing I did to- catch just randomly, and I don't usually watch much of the halftime stuff, but on Fox, Jerry. Um, Jimmy Johnson said was doing his little piece about you know what do you think about the the first half of the Redskins game, and he was he was he was flattering Cousins saying you know why the heck doesn't this guy have a have a long term deal yet which is fine because I mean I basically feel that way too but he actually said he plays great every game every game <laughs> like he was going out of his way to emphasize this consistency which is the absolute opposite of Cousins' strength right it's just very bizarre. Right, um, classic, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson analysis. Uh, let's take a look at Brent's notes, and I'm going to pick out one thing to ask you a question about from the first half, and then you can pick out one that you specifically want to start about. Okay. Well, um, you know, note to the uh, viewer, we would go through all Brent's notes, but they continue to not be uh, <laughs> brought to us in brevity as requested by <laughs> – uh, me. Um, so I want to ask about 76 finally busted for false start. Why finally busted? Yeah, like, I mean, he, I did, cheating and getting away with kind it? of just a joke because it, it was not like a, a significant play in the game. But Morgan Moses, in my opinion, false starts on like three quarters of all offensive plays. <laughs> and I've, I've noticed, by the way, that this seems to be a league wide epidemic among right tackles. I, I, I maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know. But Morgan Moses always jumps and they never call it. It's like he's allowed to. And and I'm, I almost I've almost been rooting for him to get busted on it because my OCD just can't handle it. But, um, he, you know, he, he got one today. And it, 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 I don't – I can't recall exactly the context. I think they may have gotten a first down after that anyway. But uh. You think it's conspiracy theory? Like, look, man, we uh, we know you're not as good here over here at the right tackle. We'll, we'll give you an extra quarter second. I cannot explain it. Um, I, I will say uh, when, uh, when I used to work with Bamani Jones, we did a um, – a, a a little segment we were talking about the most hated guy on the 
on every NFL team. And one was like the wide receiver, the, the, the speedy wide receiver with no hands, you know, like, <laughs> like damn yeah. it. He's like, yeah. And one he was talking about was the, the, the guy on the offensive line who always jumps, you know, like you know, there's one guy that usually, you know, but, but he was basically apologizing for it and trying to describe the scenario. Like imagine this existence that we have made for these guys. They are 300 pounds. And they are supposed to like get it, get down in this position, get get into it yourself. That the stance that they are in, you know, a hundred times a game or whatever at three hundred pounds. Now, like get you know, don't move, don't move, don't move. There's another man staring at you. There's everything going. Don't move, don't move, don't move. But as soon as this anybody makes the, to, this guy is going to bull rush you in yeah, in and, one and second. But don't and move. as soon as don't move, don't move. And as soon as the right thing is said, get up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, like that is we are asking a lot of these men you know i mean I'll, I'll, I'll show you the video but it is like when you think about it, it is get down in that stance yourself just do it as an exercise six times in a row you know imagine you're gonna hurry up off give yourself a few seconds in between and it's just like oh my god I, I would be the false star in this guy of all time that's pretty right, funny pick yourself out a first half Brent's notes that you're dying to share. Um, and I'll tell you whether or not it was a good one or not. Uh, I, I really, this is kind of a combination of, of a couple of them, but um, Preston Smith, what? very, very that's impressive. Totally him. not what I asked. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. This is, <laughs> this is Burgundy blog cast, not, not, Hay, not Hayes cast. Right. The, uh, yeah, Preston Smith looks great. And, in, and he, looked, he looked great today. I'm just, I'm very pleased. Um, what number is he? 94. Okay. Okay. Uh, he had a huge hit on Bethard. He had, he had a sack early. Um, I'm just thrilled that uh, he's, you know, he's looking like he might turn into a good player. Uh, okay. Uh, another sort of. Um, well, I thought that was, I thought that was the combined. No, 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 sorry. That didn't, count. that didn't count. I want to <laughs> I want to mention that uh, Brandon Sheriff was penalized for a an unnecessary roughness, I think, or late late hit or something like that. And it was a, it was an absolute outrage. It, w- it was just an awesome block. He basically pancaked a, gl- a guy right through the whistle. And they gave him a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct for it, and I was livid. Good good use of an extra Brent's notes there. Thanks. Um, anything else in the first half you need to get in? Or no, absolutely not. I'm enough. not allowed to, evidently. <laughs> uh, second half, I love – Enormous horse shit call on VD. Fungal. All right, let's talk about that. Um, I mean, okay. what the hell? Yeah, okay. Uh, now, did you see my tweets about this in general? And this is a problem we have in the NFL with the way they talk about things. I glanced at your tweets, yes, but uh, okay. go on. I'll, I'll go through it right here, and, and it is this. It, because we have replay, mm-hmm. we have rightfully coached, or uh, you know, some ref would probably tell me that it, they haven't been coached this way, mm-hmm. but we all know that happens now because it happened earlier in the same game mm-hmm. when Jamison Crowder tried to get up and run. Yep. And clearly, if you're going on a 50-50 only basis call as the guy in the field, you're probably calling Crowder down there. It looked like he went down. Right. But when he popped up and landed you know, cat-like over the roll and ran, their coach would say, well, let it play out, and then we'll just go to the replay and see if he landed, right? Yep. Well, the same thing happened with the Vernon Davis fumble. Where I was like, well, don't blow it dead in case it wasn't because then we can, we're not allowed to yep. do anything. Let's let it play out. So you're not getting – 
a true 50-50 judgment call on the field, right? Mm -hmm. And now that call that's not a true 50-50 call is being set as a precedent with a high, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, whatever the word is, set to overturn it. It's got, they, you know, as they say every single freaking time, as if anyone couldn't know it by now, that it's got to be indisputable, convincing, overwhelming, right. superfluous, more than enough, <laughs> all but the kitchen sink evidence to overturn any call when it wasn't exactly what the ref called on the field. It was what he allowed to play out because he knew he had replay backup. Therefore, and maybe you know, maybe it needs to be in certain situations versus others. Maybe, you know, maybe if it's like whatever, I don't know. It, th whoever's making the replay needs to have 50-50 ability to say, you know, I, I can look and reasonably say – you know, mm -hmm. from, from put it together, and most likely his forearm hit the ground with the ball still being possessed, and that being the call. That, I mean, and, and that situation is where it hurt. And I, I kind of understood it. I still thought there was convincing evidence. I thought I saw it, but I think it's partly because I think if you were just looking plainly at the replay, you definitely would have called it uh, he, him being down. I am nauseated by how much I agree with you on that subject and I have, I have nothing to add that was perfectly articulate all right excellent all right and then but, uh, but i mean yeah he, he i take it back i have something to add he was so <laughs> freaking down the guy yeah. it, it, was, it was just botched in real time i get the thing about okay we have replay so let it let it play let it run and you know don't you know err on the side of letting it go but like he was clearly freaking down and you know who like just a giant f you from me to anyone on the field or in New York, wherever that you know, whatever office that is, who right. had a chance to speak up. I mean, because that was just an enormous play. They basically could have and maybe should have lost because of that play. Like, and it was a huge game changing play, and it was just so stupid. In addition, what level of you know because the call was blown on just the fumble. How, what level of energy was quit on on the play that allowed for then just oh, to yeah. run oh, in for a oh, touchdown? I, you, I you mean, know what I mean? Like, 100% which is also it was going to be a touchdown. I mean, it was, um, a, it was the next play. It was obviously going to be a touchdown. It was so deflating. Um, yeah, no, that was stupid. Kudos uh, to Vernon Davis for then later in the game having that big, long catch, though. I mean, he, he continues to be sort uh, of almost, so uh, good. you know, like Chris Thompson. He yes. tends to buoy the, the rest of the receiving core, make them look good in the stat sheet. When Absolutely. They might not have been as good otherwise. Uh, in a sea of Brent's second half notes, can you pick up one that you uh, like the most? Um... We've got a, we've got, I've got a, something be, being described as sexy. Uh, we should talk about the, um, the, you know, at the end, uh, the way Gruden handled sort of the, the last couple of minutes there. Redskins had the ball with a chance to effectively end the game by, um, by getting just a single first down. And he ran the ball very uncreatively three times for, you know, four yards or something. Sure. And he did force the Niners to use up all their timeouts. But I hated how that went. I felt like that the play calls were totally uninspired. And, yeah, I get that you're, you're taking a risk if you decide to throw it or even one of those downs. But it's so important that you get a first down there and end yep. it. I mean, it was so so obvious and so predictable. It's like you're going you're, you're gonna to punt now. And then, by the way, you're going to tell your punter to just launch it in the end zone so it's a touchback. I don't know how so many. It's going to be 20 yards. Yeah, plus 20 or 30 I, yards. Yeah. I mean, I thought all they, the gained, they gained all that back on one play. 
Yep. Um, and because I, I didn't, I thought the other team would kick it away. I thought the Niners would kick it away once they went on sides and you recovered. And cre- right. uh, by the way, get, let's give some credit to the hands team. Yes. Yeah. Um, always credit the hands team. Uh, once once they did that, there was all the more reason to like, well, we can we can risk maybe give them a little more time because now they got to go a little bit further, or whatever. But right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too. Uh, I, I want it noted for the record that in Brent's notes. He used, and, and, and I'm going to give you more credit if you can name this thing, but in Garcon's name, he used the little squiggly below it C. What is the name of that C? Can you tell me what it is? Sadia. Oh, no, you don't know that. You're such a nerd. Um, you, you, you I mean, didn't. it takes Spanish. Uh, it's not, is it Spanish? Ah! Oh, it's, it's French. I was, uh, okay, I'm, I was, uh, I'm smart enough to know it ain't Spanish. If it was Spanish, I would know it. Garcon. That's that French. was a test, Hayes. You passed barely. Well, did did you take French? I took French. Yeah. No, okay. No. Well, no wonder you're you're a huge nerd. That, <laughs> um, Completely uh, useless. My wife is fluent in Spanish. Half of her family is from Peru. Yeah, I that would have been. A, I think. I think. I, I think. I spoke. I think I spoke to your wife's family at the wedding in Spanish because I speak Spanish and it's a very practical language to know. Incredibly useful tool in life that I don't have, and my French is worthless. Well, but you know, you'll always have Garcon, um, except you don't have <laughs> not Garcon. anymore. He, he plays for the 49ers. <laughs> Uh, looking ahead, I know you're excited because I believe, am I wrong? Is it a primetime game? It is, it is. It's somebody, uh, clearly the league, uh, the Redskins do get a little bit their overshare of, uh, of primetime games because they are, we talked about this before <laughs> with your theory about whether or not they were good or bad on primetimes. And I said, partly they get thrown against good teams just because they're a national brand, whether or not they're mm-hmm. good or bad. And so that makes their record hard, but Somebody must have thought they were going to be pretty good this year because am I wrong or is this the third primetime game already? For yeah, and I think there's – I'm not looking at it, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one more. And... If it's this early in the season, you almost you almost have to have one more yeah. based on how many primetime games. Yeah, I think they the have – I remember thinking at one point that based on how the flex situation goes, they could even have five. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, but that, that aside – it will be a true test against, against the, the Eagles. Against the Eagles. Eagles, yeah, important game. And and if the Redskins don't win that game, uh, the Eagles will move to six and one, and the Redskins will fall to three and three, and and probably be in second place. So yep. believe it or not, that could uh, you know it seems ridiculous for for somebody to have to, to for any team to establish such strong control of of the division. But if the Redskins don't win that game. Eagles have a and the Eagles have supposedly a very weak schedule for the rest of the year too. So they they would be more than in the driver's seat to win the division. So that's a big big game. I think uh, the the Redskins boy it would be a huge boost if Norman could heal up and play. I don't know if that's possible, but um, you know the Eagles Eagles are coming in. Even though the Redskins won today, I feel like the Eagles having beaten a pretty good Panthers team have a lot more momentum right now and will be at home. Yeah, they have um, not making excuses for my Panthers, but I just uh, just in terms of previewing the game uh, for from a Redskins standpoint, I didn't learn a lot about the Eagles because a it was a Thursday night game. Yeah, it always seemed a little bit fluky. And b to that end, the Redskins, uh, the Panthers turned the ball over twice, like inside their own fifteen yard line, and sort of gave you know, and then still sort of a chance to win late. So obviously the Eagles were good. The receiving core. 
uh, is sort of much improved. Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey, that mm-hmm. Ag- Aguilar guy or yeah. whatever, is, yeah. is like better than you think. Right. And, um, Wentz, you know, it's hard to tell. You know, every game he's good. It, there's so little sample size on him now that every good game he has now makes him look really, really good. Right. And, you know, he's probably uh, somewhere between ten and twenty in the NFL quarter, quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and, on his uh, so way to on his way to top ten, I think. Yeah, so he's good enough. And, um, the, and the question is, I think they're I don't I think know exactly how good. good for two reasons. One is him, and he's he he's good, and he's 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 specifically good in a way that has always uh, historically hurt the Redskins because he can kind of make plays when, you know, uh, sort of schoolyard backyard football kind of plays. Uh, Redskins are notoriously pitiful against quarterbacks like that. But then also the Eagles just have a really menacing front seven, which, uh, which yep. gave, gave the Redskins front four. in week one. Yeah. Yep. The front four was tough against, uh, still against uh, the Panthers too. So, uh, will be an interesting game. It'll be a, a big game, like you said. Uh, not not necessarily make or break, but definitely a solid test of what this Redskins team is like. How about this? If it's an ugly win over the Eagles, you still have to be very, very happy about it next week. If, if it's an that? ugly win over the Eagles on Monday night in Philly, I will be convinced. All right. So, ooh, not, not only happy, but convinced. <laughs> you heard it here. And we'll hold him to that. Next week on the next edition of the Burgundy Broadcast, unless you wanted to say something else. Nope. Later. For, for Brent, I'm Hayes. We out. Burgundy Broadcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog on the Redskins for the truth. <laughs> <laughs>